Welcome to another episode of Glowing Week Point, the show where we recap the entire year, every single episode of the show. I'm your host, John, and with me, as always, is Bartolomeo Ronaldo Pinkerton Wombat Wombatson III. How are you doing today, Wombat? Uh, things have been added to my name. Also, I don't remember what happened last episode, much less what happened, like, in January. <laughs> uh, last episode, we talked about The Dark Maidens, which was uh, your favorite book of all time. Oh, right. And, Not of all time. Um, all, of the show. Anime. <laughs> I I read other speaking, books. <laughs> speaking of last week, uh, what's your glowing weak point, sir? Um, shit. That was that was a perfect segue. You gotta. <laughs> it was. It was a pretty good segue. Oh my god. Um, you know what, Doctor Who. Okay. I watched I, I watched the first episode of the uh, the three Doctor Who anniversary specials. The one with David Tennant back. David Tennant and Catherine Tate, the best duo that's uh, like ever been in the TARDIS. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It was it was really good seeing them again. I have some gripes. It is not an all around glowing point, but you know it's a bright point, right? Okay, like. The, the I really only have one gripe, right? And that's that they got that Disney money, and so they felt they needed hmm. to really use that Disney money. And so mm. now the Sonic Screwdriver is doing things that the Sonic Screwdriver has never done before. Oh, does it work on wood now? No. Um, now it can draw, like hologram tablets in the air that David Tennant can then use as a computer. Um, and at one point he drew two bulletproof shields with the sonic screwdriver. That's handy. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I wasn't appreciative of that. (laughs) Okay. Understandable. But, But other than that, like, like the costumes were really fun. The CGI wasn't too glaring. Um, and and it was just it was good fun and they they made sense of why Catherine Tate was able to come back because you know the way she left the show she should not have been able to come back but they made it no. make sense so okay. it's good uh, uh, excited for more Doctor Who okay yep I uh what's I your glowing still haven't point? seen anything from like. Halfway through Old Man uh, Doctor Who. Capaldi? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point to quit. Because honestly, I like Capaldi as the Doctor, but the writing got real bad. Just, I, just I like, will agree with that exactly. Yeah. But like, it wasn't I, I was great during Crotch Matt Smith's time. Yeah. But but it was, like, acceptable. And I don't like Matt Smith much as the Doctor, but I was able to get through it pretty well. He's he's an okay Doctor, but he doesn't really rank in my tops, you know? Okay, yeah. <clears throat> but, like, I like Capaldi more as the Doctor, but his stuff is harder to get through. Because it feels like Moffat is just really, like, losing the thread. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, I agree. If you're going to fall off of Doctor Who, that's probably the point. At least you didn't say it was when the woman became a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I had I had left long before then, and... Uh... Although her first people... season could also make people quit. I'll be I'll be real. Her first season is shit. <laughs> I had a lot of people come to me at at work and be like, "Oh, you like Doctor Who, right?" And I was like, "Not really." And then they're like, oh, "Well, <laughs> you know, this 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 what what do you think of this woman joining as the doctor?" And I was like, "Honestly, I couldn't care less. I <laughs> I, I I really I have no objections to her being the doctor or her being a her or or any of that. She's not going to make me come back to watch it, but I'm not leaving because of her because I left a while ago because it kind of sucked. Right. Um, one of these days I'll get back into it and I'll binge through all the, the shitty Doctor Who to get get to the present point. But yeah. um, Her second and third seasons are really good. Questionable yeah. choice on her dyeing her hair for the role, though. Like, I, it, it's very obvious that it's dyed because she always has darker roots. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, what's your glowing week point, John? Uh, I am almost ready for Christmas. Almost? As of today, yeah. I mean, you have seven yeah. days, John. I, I do. You you have to so, get ready. Uh, I I should be mostly ready. But, uh, <laughs> in a pinch, I could be done except for one person right now. Oh, but yeah. My my niece is really into American Girl dolls right now. And Is that like a brand so, like a line of dolls? Yes. Okay. Probably the second most famous line of dolls behind Barbie. I see. They're they're more realistic and and uh varied in in nationality. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a blonde white woman. No, and uh you know, the ratio isn't uh like Four three or no like yeah like four three four <laughs> tiny <laughs> um negative two yeah uh yeah basically. <laughs> for the waist there yeah for the waist yeah gotta go into four dimensions to get to get this done right um so I am building her a picnic bench for her uh, American Girl doll. Oh, but, that's cool. Uh, I'm doing it out of wood, and I lack a lot of tools, and um, it's hard to make things small when there aren't really good plans for things like that. So, I'm struggling, but I'll I'll get it done in time somehow. Yeah. All right. Anyways, let's move on. We're, we're oh, you've dealing reformatted with the news this week. What? I'm sorry. Get, let's going. We're we're doing the news. Um, uh, where we do we want to start, do John? Else? Do we want to start at the top, or do we want to like let's be chaotic today? 
Let, let, uh, okay. Let's, let's be right in the middle. Which yeah, the is middle. Go that for I it. Put in there. Yes. Microsoft has developed Star Trek storage capabilities. What does this mean? What are you telling me? So, <laughs> are are you familiar with the way Star Trek computers work? No, I'm more of a Star I mean, Wars uh, guy. Like, so. You know, everyone's familiar with, like, Elkar's display of, of the way Star Trek looks, like yes. computer monitors look. But um, they they also use a bunch of isolinear chips and crystals, which are basically uh, silicon glass um, uh, physical medium. And okay. And they... They show, like, a handful of these at a time, and are like, yeah, these power the, the entire space station. And you're like, well, where's all the data going to fit in there? Um, so, Microsoft has been working on for a while, and I don't know why nobody has pointed this out. Um, basically that, uh, they, they take a piece of glass, and they use lasers to etch three-dimensionally into the glass uh, all the, the bits of data so it is it is long-term storage it, it lasts for ten thousand years before any degradation can be holy found. holy shit um yeah because of the type of glass they use and and the way it's stored and everything um it experiences no um breakdown over time so it's not like like a, a hard drive, a magnetic hard drive, over time it loses its magneticness and you lose the data on it. Or um, an SSD uh, also, o over time it can lose it. Or if you bump it real hard, uh, it can lose its data. Um, that's not the possible <laughs> this. Like, I guess if you dropped the thing and it shattered... Um, but it's it's not like it's a fragile chalice. It's a block of glass. Right. It's like um, a chunk. It'd be like yeah, like one of those glass door stoppers, right? Like, like yeah. When you drop those, you're not really afraid of it breaking so much. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's 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 permanent storage for ten thousand years or more. That's just the guaranteed time. Um, of, oh, I, th I think they could put petabytes on there, like multiple petabytes. It says it can can't... hold, one of these can hold 3,500 movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can, DVDs barely hold the one movie that they have. Uh-huh. What the and, fuck? And that's for... That's a that's a single glass plate. Uh, the 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 uh, scaling of this is like the the larger chunks can hold like like one chunk could hold the entirety of Earth's knowledge. Dude, why is nobody talking it. about this? This is I, exactly they invented the future. So they're, they're still nailing it down on, like, the, the precision of, of how to read it back and and how to correctly laser it onto there. But they have working prototypes of it on the, the smaller scale. And to me, it's just like, yeah, this is the way storage will be from now on. Like, right now, we have to have the, um, 
like hard drives and stuff and we're like all right my hard drive's getting full i can either install a new one for you know several hundred dollars or let me just go delete some of these games and pictures that i'm not i don't care about anymore and oh look i have more space right <clears throat> when you can just put in a little <laughs> a small thing in your computer and be like all right well um i can put uh the entire world's knowledge on this and still have room to spare that's like you're, you're golden at that holy point. shit so yeah i i read about that a couple weeks ago i was like the next time news comes up we have to talk about this because it is totally star trek and it is totally the future there's there's another group that's doing a very similar thing with ceramic uh they're they're building like it's it's not see-through so they're not laser etching it through it but they are just using extremely hardened ceramics uh and micro etching the outsides with lasers so that it just lasts forever um so it's it's there's there's a lot of cool technologies that uh maybe when uh our grandchildren are <laughs> buying their computers they can they can have access to but i really hope in a short term that this starts getting used to uh propel us forward um technologically cuz when you when you stop having to worry about storage then you can really focus on uh doing cool things with it. Yeah. Like, like I am worried because the way it's being written about, it seems like their intention is to just like put, like put data on these things and then just put them on a shelf. And like, that's, that's not yeah. what I want. I mean, I want that also, you know, like, like eventually yeah, let's, let's you have, have like a library and the library would be like three of these. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but what I'm seeing is like, you, you mentioned, uh, computers, like game consoles could use this as the basis for games, right? Like, like this <laughs> is what we store games on. And then, you know yeah. what? Nobody has to be mad at EA anymore because they won't fucking optimize their shit down from 150 gigabytes it's fine that it, your game is 150 yeah, gigabytes because I have this allows space us to for go it. back to cartridges. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, I would love for this to just be the answer for cartridges. Of like, yeah, okay, because you you need some amount of movable storage. Like that that is something that this can't handle. Like you need something to keep the game in its uh, memory so that you know when you move your character right the character moves in the world but things like um the way the world looks you don't need that in active memory you can have that in you know solid state you can you can have that be immutable um all, all you have to do is keep track of a few thousand variables which ram can easily do um so like just just put the entirety of the game code onto a thing and then it's just there and you don't have to worry about it right god they're not going to do that 
<laughs> I mean, like I said, maybe maybe some cool things will happen when our grandkids are building computers. Right. But, After we've no. topped toppled <laughs> capitalism, this uh, this yeah, might happen. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, but uh, it, it won't happen. Yeah. Uh, where do we want All to right. go to next, John? Uh, uh, let's go for capitalism because we're talking about it. Assassin's Creed wanted to advertise to you in their game menus. Accidentally did it mid-game. Yeah. Okay, so this is a fun little story. So everybody got, like, mad about this, uh... Fuck. Like, somebody was playing their game on a stream or something, and suddenly the game just stopped and it showed them an ad for Assassin's Creed Mirage... Oh, when they tried to open their map, it would sh- it would show them an ad for Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, <laughs> which is wild. And and everybody was like, "Uh, what the fuck?" And Ubisoft's just like, "A uh, technical error. This was the result of a technical error." And it's yeah, like, I don't, I, I, I don't know but, how that happened. That's, but that's how not supposed did, to happen yet? How did this technical error? even come into existence because it's a it's an advertisement in your game yeah. that people paid for Clear, clearly like this isn't just like you played your game and then some random electrons fired and suddenly there's an ad showing it's like holy shit look at this like a bug happened and it created an entirely new thing no no they programmed ads in Yes. And then and then they didn't turn those on yet. <laughs> so it turns out that what Ubisoft was trying to do was have a uh, an advertisement in the main menu of the game and they fucked up the code and so it opened uh, uh, it showed whenever people opened up their map. Now I'm going yeah. to say that their intentional thing was not better. I mean, no. it is better. It's better. It's not good at all. It's still horrendous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I-, I bought your game already. Don't advertise me your other games when I've already bought your game. Like, yeah. what do we do? We cannot allow this shit to happen. Otherwise, like... like what? If we just accept this as the reason, in three years, it's going to be like DLC into microtransactions and shit, right? Like, it makes everybody mad at first, but then people stop being mad, and so now everybody just is like, yes, sure, I'll pay for all of the things I used to get in a game for free. Yeah. I... I I will accept some ads, which are, like, the ads where you're in a a racing game and some company helped pay for the development of the game, and in so doing, they get their logo or or whatever on a billboard in the game. At least that's in the spirit of the thing they're copying, right? Like, racing Uh, is all advertising in the first place. (laughs) Yes. If it's a sports game and they have an AT&T logo going around the, the edge of the stadium, just like every stadium does i get that i'm still not happy but... about it <laughs> <laughs> well but it's more honestly, acceptable honestly it makes sense 
to to make it an accurate game, they need to put some ads in there. They can either make it for a made up thing or they can get money for it. So you might as well make money off of it. Um, yeah. Like, what's a racing game without billboards? Like, like GTA has billboards all over the place. GTA makes them for in-game things, so that's different. But they could easily do the other thing, and it's kind of a missed, you know, <laughs> missed money there. But yeah. I'm sure GTA 6 will get that. Um... But yeah, the, the, just having a pop-up ad in your game that, that stops you from being able to play. Like, like thanks for playing the game. Um, to get back to playing the game, why don't you uh, fill out this brief survey? No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Well, like, I, I stop playing mobile games when they start throwing ads at me all the time, yeah. right? Like, why, I'm not going to accept that in console games. I'll just stop buying mm-hmm. shit from your company. Which, to be fair, I have already stopped buying anything from Ubisoft. But still. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. people like, companies like Ubisoft are the trendsetters. So if if Ubisoft gets away with being like, we're going to advertise our new game on the menu, main menu of our other game, then like, Companies I still do buy from might start doing it. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. And also, I don't fully believe that it was a bug. But, oh, like, well, I, I, I believe I, it, but there's a, there's a tiny little part of my brain that's like, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they did it on purpose just to piss people off. Like, nah, I, the, I, I think it's, I think it's a bug. I, 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 the ads being in there is not a bug. But the ads showing up there is is a bug. Yeah, and like I know that, but I also feel like people getting angry at things is starting to be monetized by people. You know, like it's starting to be taken advantage of. So this bug yeah. could be something they intentionally did with the purpose of rolling it back when people got angry and it became a news story. Yeah. Like, like, it's a, it, it sucks because I've seen it happen elsewhere. So it's just, it's in my mind as a thing that could happen. Ugh. Uh, uh, in other news, E3 yeah. is gone. E3, that thing people pretended to care about is officially over. Yeah, it didn't happen last year, did it? Uh, it says... They canceled E3 in 2020, they went all digital in 2021, and then they canceled it in 2022. Then, they yeah. canceled this year's, and the ones for 2024 and 2025, and then finally they said, we're done. Yeah, no, it's, it's gone. It ain't coming back. Yeah. And it makes sense, because the Game Awards has basically just become E3, you know? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, but like I, I don't watch the Game Awards usually, but I heard about this year's, and people were given like thirty seconds to give speeches for their their award acceptances, and then like 
people would get up on stage and hawk their new games for fucking five minutes or something. It sounded real gross. And that's basically what E3 is, you know? It's like, here's new games. And also, you know, some old games were cool too, but but these these new ones come and buy these. <laughs> Oh, capitalism. Yeah. But yeah, like, like it didn't, uh, I had honestly forgotten that E3 was a thing. It had been so long since it was relevant. But like, I do remember a time when it was relevant. P- P- yeah. Journalists would go out to E3 and be like, oh, look, I'm playing the new Far Cry game at E3. Here's what it looks like. Yeah. And then it just kind of stopped happening. And now it'll never happen again. And I think we're better uh-huh. for it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're... Uh, uh, honestly, I think... E3's been, been struggling for a long time now. And they, they revitalized it when they um, brought in the general populace. Because it used to be only news yes so only news sources would go there and and they'd see everything and i completely understand the need for an event like that like you you've got so many little companies you need and big ones that want to cash in too um that need to get their game out there and so you have one event that all the people go go to and they get their hands on, they see it, then they can go out and actually tell people. Um, and then it started dying. And, uh, uh, (laughs) so they invited the general populace in and that worked for a while, but it also, it eventually becomes just like, like packs or something, right? Yeah. Like it just becomes basically what it became. Yeah. It, it it lost its original purpose, and now it lost itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like you can go to E3, or you can go to PAX. And yeah, when, once, once that becomes, like, an option thing, then you've lost what you are, you know? You're just yeah. another one of these fucking game expos. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hate Penny Arcade, though. Right. Anyways, um, <laughs> I hate all Bethesda of those fucking swears. web comics. Every single one of them. They're all trash. <laughs> I I don't hate a lot of those web comics. I read Penny Arcade for a long time, and then I got to a point where I was like, you know, these people kind of suck ass. Right? They're like, kind of assholes. The yeah, they, they they have done so many things that I've been like, eh, you're kind of a piece of shit, and I don't like you. <laughs> um, and f- frankly, their art style sucks. Um, <laughs> so, so there, meh. Yeah, I mean, um, it's no Picasso. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, even that looks better. Um. Okay, we've got two more, John. Bethesda swears their boring game people find boring isn't boring. 
Yeah, so Starfield came out, and the reviews on it are solidly mixed, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so Bethesda started to re- respond to negative Steam reviews in ways where it was like, please don't hate our game. Please, please. Like, I, I just want to yeah. read, I just want to read the whole thing. Can I do that, John? Can I read what they sent to one person? I guess. Greetings. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review for Starfield. You can fly, you can shoot, you can mine, you can loot. Starfield is an RPG with hundreds of hours of quests to complete and characters to meet. Most quests will also vary on your character's skills and decisions, massively changing the outcome of your playthrough. Try creating different characters with backgrounds and characteristics that clash or are a positive of your previous character. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You will feel like you are playing a totally different game. Put points in different skills from a character you've previously created, and you are now faced with completely different decisions to make and difficulties to encounter. There are so many layers to Starfield that you will find things you never knew were possible after playing for hundreds of hours. Even after completing the main story, your adventure doesn't end. You can continue on to New Game Plus to keep exploring Starfield and all that is out there. Never stop exploring. Bethesda Customer Support. Yeah. How how sad of a company do you have to be that you're like, yes, social media guy, go out there and respond to negative Steam reviews with yeah. an ad pitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like they're hoping people will, like, click on the comments for a review and see this and decide to play the game anyway. Right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So you made a boring game, right? You know, you're Bethesda. You tend to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just accept that people found your game boring. Like, part of the problem is that they decided to make a space exploration game. Um... After the Outer Worlds had already come out. You know, yeah. Outer Worlds still lives in people's minds because it's a pretty pretty good game, actually. Uh, oh, and it's made by a bunch of people who used to work on properties that Bethesda now makes. Yeah. So, so there's an immediate comparison between, like, Outer Worlds and games that Bethesda makes. But Outer Worlds was a space adventure, and Bethesda makes post-apocalyptic adventures and medieval adventures, right? So, so you're not getting the same the same itch scratched from from them. But now you are. When you make Starfield, mm-hmm. now you are. Yeah. And like, just because you have a thousand planets in your galaxy, 
doesn't make it like an interesting game. This was why people lambasted No Man's Sky when it came out. They had yeah. a shit ton of content in their game, but none of it was interesting. You know? Yeah. People liked Mass Effect because while there were only like 20 planets in the game, each one felt like its own thing. (laughs) They were Mm -hmm. constantly having fun. People liked the Outer Worlds because even though there's only like five planets in that game, each one is so different and unique that every time you progress to a new area, you're like, wow, this is so cool. (laughs) Meanwhile, you have Todd Howard, or not Todd Howard, uh, a a representative of the company saying, some of Starfield's planets are meant to be empty by design, but that's not boring. I'm sorry? Yeah. It's empty. You know, I find the middle of the desert boring. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, it, you know uh, Scott Pilgrim's dreamscape, how it's just, like, endless desert with a single cactus? hmm If I had to live there, I'd be bored. <laughs> if I <laughs> had to find... Cactus. If I had to find something to do there, I would be bored. Because there's nothing there. hmm But... <laughs> Why are they so defensive? Uh, I'm asking you as a person, John. Why are they so defensive? Do do you have some insight into this that I'm failing to see? uh, I mean, the the insight I have is that it it always sucks to, to feel negative criticism for something that you have spent a lot of effort and creative will on. And, yes. and that's that's inarguable that they did that with this. There's there's yes. clearly a lot of effort put into this game. A lot. A lot of, of people worked real hard design. on this. Yeah, and, and 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 creatively, like I'm I'm not I'm not just saying like, um, you know, I I I spent a lot of hours and now there's a car at the end of this and and we can work on the next Toyota. I mean, like they they spent a lot of creative time being artistic using their will to make this game and it sucks when when people come and shit on it part of the things you have to accept though as a creator is that you know what you like is not necessarily what somebody else will like um and also sometimes you release things that people don't like that happens Mm -hmm. you know not every stephen king book is a classic no, I I go to um, the the local art museum pretty regularly, and there's a whole floor of stuff that I'm just like, yeah, I don't get this. I don't really care, and I just move past it. Right. It's not damning to any of their like. I don't. It it's not for me. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not saying that. Oh, all the artists who made that are shit. Uh, clearly, they're not. It's in a museum of high art, but, <laughs> but you know, it, the, there are things that aren't for everyone. And, and clearly this game is for a lot of people. Uh, most of the personal reviews I've heard of this game are raving 
Like, they, they love the game. And they're not even huge Bethesda fans, necessarily. Right. Um, but... Because, like, can... the genre and the, the style of game, it's going to click for some people, right? Yeah. Like, like a lot of people do want to just get out there and explore space. And if we were in actual space, landing on different planets and shit, most of them would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from from what we understand of, of the universe we've explored so far from our, our, our little telescopes and math... As uh, basically everything's boring. <laughs> yeah, everything for for hundreds of light years around us is pretty boring. That I'd say thousands, but yeah. Um, <laughs> if we but, were to yeah. be there, it'd be boring. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, the, there but, there's. We are playing a video game. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, I mean, that's where it comes people, down to for me, is we're not actually like, exploring space. <laughs> people do like boring in video games still, though. Like, there there are people who really like um, just grinding through science shit. I mean, you don't have to tell me this. I play RuneScape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are huge chunks of time where all I'm doing is pulling vials out of my bank and putting herbs into them. You know? That's yeah. not super exciting, but I do it anyway. I'm having fun yeah. doing this boring part of the game. Yeah, and and that's that's not to say that like that's that's honestly the exact same because when you go to these empty planets, it's not you go there and you're like, oh, well, that's a bust, and you turn around and leave. If you want to engage with the game, you can study the planet. You, you could do orbital scans, then you go on and you do a surface scan, and you can take those, and they are a currency you can sell to a specific person who gives you, um, I think he allows you to upgrade your ship. So it's like, it's a really important currency to have, Um but, you know, I understand at the same time that you could also be running around a planet full of life and studying the things as opposed to a barren rock. Um, so, I, I get it. But, you know, I, I, I think that they handled this very poorly because you you never engage with the comments. <sighs> I'm going to disagree there. If it was, like, if you had released a game, you, John, had released a game onto Steam, and you started responding yeah. to reviews, right? I think that's understandable. Cause no, it's not. I've seen that exact same thing, and it never turns out well. You don't think so? <laughs> no. Because no. I, I, I think so, with a, like a small team where, where like a person responding to you has like a name, a recognizable name that if you were to like go to the website or something, you'd be like, oh, wow, this person was talking to me. My my voice is actually being heard by somebody. Right. I think that does have meaning. But when it's just like Bethesda customer support, like like Bethesda is a huge like 
multi-hundred person outfit, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Todd Howard isn't hearing from me because this person responded to my review. The director of the game isn't going to hear back about my feedback, right? Let, no, I I will agree that this this you know this last lacks some heart, but um, the flip side of that is the smaller the team, the more likely trolls are going to target it. Yeah, there, there is there is never a size in which it is okay, it, in which it is safe or smart to engage with comments. If you're big, your your engagement means nothing. If you're small, you are just opening yourself up to uh, to danger. I guess that's fair. Yeah, it is Sucks, kind of a no win scenario. That, that, I think that could is, come of is, it could come could come of it, but like, <laughs> oh yeah, get that good come. Yeah, good good could come of it, but like, it does it does just open up even worse avenues. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. In the space of a day, Twitch allows artistic nudity and walks it back. Yeah. Um. So, did you catch this? Did did did, did you notice this I, happening? I vaguely noticed it. I really do not have any news for for Twitch now. <laughs> I, I, I heard all of this after the fact, right? Like people started talking about how Twitch had walked this back, and I was like, "Wait, they had allowed this? Mm-hmm. Wait, were they not allowing this? <laughs> because, like, they have been allowing. They have a whole section, like a, a genre on Twitch now that is just." Women with their tits out in a hot tub. Yep, topless. But like, like that's just the thing. It is, it is that, the topless meta. Yeah. But, so, I, I'm, I'm still unclear on what's actually not allowed. Because, uh, so, my understanding is you can play games with like anything that's going to be marked mature yes that is the one thing i'm clear on they will not flag you for playing like god of war if it is an m-rated game everything goes that's fine um my (sighs) wait does that mean i could play honey pop on stream No, no, because that's a band game. That's a band game. Yeah, I see. Yeah, there's there's so, a, there's a list of band games on Twitch. Um, there's a list of band games. Okay. Ah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can probably send you that list later, but you can you can find it easy. I can probably yeah, just Google it that, right now. There, there were there were a fair number of games that uh, when I. <laughs> when my job was working with Twitch, um, I uh, 
there were several games that were on that list that were like, oh, this would be a great game to play. And there was like, oh, but it's on the list. Because I think I think even genital jousting is on there, which is just a, a wholesome game. Yep, um, it is. It is on the, there. The, 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 the W is, is um, silent on the, is, is missing on the wholesome, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is a wholesome game. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of fucked up of about this... the fact that, like, I can't play Honey Pop, but according to this list, somebody could play that fucking disgusting-ass game Hatred on stream, and that's fine. Yeah. You know? Um... My my under th- this might have been before the chain like before the change of the change or the, the rollback, but my understanding was you can do all the things you were doing, but you will not be on the front page, like a- anything that is mature or higher restriction like mature games can be on the front page. But if you're also being explicit on those, like if you're uh, cussing or something, then you won't show up on the um, the front page uh, reels. Or if you're topless, you won't show up on the front reels. Um, so, like, you could still do the things, you just aren't, aren't going to make it to the front page. Which is what was happening in the short time, was, like, people would have their tits out and then they'd make it to the front page because they'd get all the views and then that's a problem for twitch well it seems like what actually caused them to roll it back was people having like hentai up on the screen yeah like like draw new drawings um it says that their ceo admitted that it's new policy changes I'm quoting from Kotaku here. Allowing fictional nudity had led to a small uptick in people making content that broke the rules. But had also led to an influx of nudity that did follow the rules. And so their response was, we're going to roll it back. Yeah. Even though a lot of it was just, like, within the rules that we have now set. Because there are some rule breakers, we're just going to make it all bad again. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It seems like they could have just banned the people who were breaking the rules. That's what you do to rule breakers, right? Yeah. But moving forward, this is what the CEO said. Moving forward, depictions of real or fictional nudity won't be allowed on Twitch, regardless of the medium. This restriction does not apply to mature-rated games. Yeah. So, looking at the um, the the up-to-date, I'm assuming, content classification guidelines on Twitch, Twitch still prohibits nudity, inappropriate attire, pornography, and certain sexual content that um, uh, includes explicit simulated fictional or implied sex or masturbation, display of bodily fluids, um, consensual sexual violence such as flogging or whipping, advertisement or solicitation of services, 
graphic descriptions of acts, display of toys in a non-educational context, and soliciting money, soliciting for posting content that requires the label. Um, but streamers are required to apply a content classification label to any streams that contain the allowed sexual themes. Um, including content that focuses on clothed intimate body parts, such as like if you're wearing yoga pants and holding a split position with the camera at your groin, or body writing or body art on buttocks or breasts of a female presenting person. Or, oh man, we're back with the uh, female presenting nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, prolonged repeated kissing with another individual or object. Men can be topless on Twitch, but not women. No, that, 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 it, it literally just said you could. Oh, I thought you were saying um, you couldn't. No, no, no. These, these are things that you can do. You just have to mark it as. Oh, uh, oh, right. You have to tag yourself so themes. that we can bury you as far as possible in the metrics. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, people will find it. People always find it. Uh, you can do strip teases. Um, you can wear or display BDSM attire. Uh, you can display sex toys in an educational context. Um, okay. Uh, so, so like there, there are things you can do now where you couldn't before. But, yeah, apparently hentai's too far. Yeah. <laughs> Still weird. Know, it, like, they shouldn't have done anything, it feels like. They should have just left it alone. It was working before. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as anything on Twitch works, right? <laughs> but, but then they changed it, and then they got upset that people were operating within the bounds of what they changed. And then some people broke the rules, which always happens. There are always rule breakers. That's why they have the ability to ban people, you know, but they, I guess they felt that that was too much of a hassle. So they just changed the rules back. Mm -hmm. If five people can't keep themselves in line, the whole hundred of you have to fucking sit in the corner. Yeah. Real good. They come yeah. off looking real big and strong in the aftermath of this Twitch. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Time for our bad opinion piece hour. Speaking of people who should be embarrassed about what they're saying. Uh, this Metro reader asks the brave question, what if we made the capitalistic hellhole of video games worse? So uh, <laughs> this, this, this write-in for uh, metro.co.uk, our favorite place to get garbage opinions. Um, and also definitely uh, viruses. I have so many ads on here. Some of them have to be downloading viruses into my browser, right? Yeah, so so I, I, I did the whole, like, yeah, sure, uh, I'll pause my ad blocker. 
and then I load it. Then I start up my ad block, and I go through and I block all the ads. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's way too many. There's way too many. Yeah, like the, it's just ads. bombarding you. <laughs> um, no so wonder ADHD the... is a more common diagnosis. Like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, the viewer... Um, misunderstands the point of what uh, mis misunderstands a recent quote so i you know i i will i will take their word of it of i don't want to make a habit of defending a millionaire i assume ceo uh speaking of strauss zelnick the uh ceo of take two um who is definitely a uh, billionaire by the way like yeah absolutely and and <laughs> and you know piece of shit but let's not like like there's 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 plenty enough to to bury him on his own like for hack for instance his uh bank account uh that that in itself should be enough um so let's not make up shit so uh what what he recently said um was this is the actual quote in terms of pricing for any entertainment property basically the algorithm is the value of the expected entertainment usage which is to say the per hour value times the number of expected hours plus the terminal value that's perceived by the customer and ownership if the title is actually owned not say rented or subscribed to and you'll see that that bears out in every kind of entertainment vehicle i agree with that that is generally the way that pricing is handled movies are priced based off of the length of time the movie is and how much entertainment you're going to get out of it and that's the way that works. I had um, to go follow a link to read that because like, I just straight up could not follow what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> basically, basically what it's saying is at the end of the day, you, you look at how many hours the entertainment is and you times that by the value of that time and you get what the thing should be worth. So something like a movie, which is pretty short it's you know an hour or two and but it's pretty enjoyable it, it 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 gets based off of that so like you you times the value of the movie times the time the length it is that's the value that it should be that it should cost you um and you know since you're just renting it you're just going to see the movie that gets lowered if you're buying the movie that gets upped uh, a book, if, you know, a book is really long, so the book costs more. That's something you can go look at a bookstore and find out for yourself right the hell now. If it's a popular book from a recent, you know, from a popular author, like the next in a series, it'll be more. Um, that's, that's just the way most entertainment works. So to continue the quote, by that standard, our frontline prices are still very, very low because we offer many hours of engagement. The value of the engagement is very high, so I think the industry as a whole offers a terrific price-to-value opportunity for consumers. That doesn't necessarily mean the industry has pricing power or wants to have pricing power. However, there's a great deal of value offered. I'll agree with that entirely. I think that video games do have an incredible amount of engagement, like... You, you sit through a movie, you watch it and listen to it, you play a game. You're actively doing the game. And games, for the most part, not 
an hour to two hours. Largely many more. Too many more. <laughs> I do think an important thing that he said there, though, was that perceived value thing, right? Yeah. Because, like, I do, there is a bad trend in video games where we just make it as long as possible in order to hold people for as long as possible, but we're not yes. putting in good content into it. We're just Correct. like, yeah. climb this same radio tower 50 times, you know? Well, and, and that's, that's why he says the value of the engagement. So, like, if, yeah. if you are actually engaged with the content for the whole time, then it is very valuable. But if you are climbing the 12th radio tower, then it's not. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's what I was saying, is that that perceived value notion that he said is a very big, like, important part of it. Because he isn't just saying we need to charge by the hour. He's saying... Yes that the hour has to be worth something in order to charge for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, recently a lot, uh, after that, a lot of less reputable news sites picked that up and, and put it around as, like, the the boss of Take-Two wants us to pay games by the hour. Even some <sighs> decently reputable ones, because he did yeah. speak like a psychopath. And it was very yeah. easy to misinterpret what he was saying. So, let, let's, I, I just wanted to get that off the top. Yeah. But, um, so. Strauss yeah, Zelnick this, himself this, was not saying we need to charge by the hour. Yes. He is still evil, but yes. he didn't suggest that. <laughs> yeah. He's still the um, CEO of Take Two, one of the more evil companies in video games. so uh the the author of this says i think that's pretty reasonable he didn't go into referring to uh paying for games based off of how long you play them for he didn't go into any more detail because clearly the idea of putting a meter on a game which is probably what most people thought of first of all is a non-starter but i do think there are other ways it could be made to work uh and and i'll agree with that i think it's reasonable for games to cost more I, I, I do. I think that for the amount of value you get from certain games, they, for the amount of work put into them, probably should cost more. Am I willing to pay that? No. But I, I'm I think gonna the amount disagree. of work put into some of these games... No, no, I... I, I mean, here, here's the deal. Companies have to make the money in order to make the next game. Yes. That, that's, that, that we understand. Yes. And they do that, but they get away with it largely by not paying their employees. <laughs> right. But like, like the problem I have is that all of these companies want to rake in more and more money from us. They want to sell us DLC, sell us microtransactions, up the price of games to $70, but the wages of the people making the games remain relatively stagnant while the C-suite executives get giant pay raises and bonuses every year. And it's like, yes. so it doesn't seem like you actually need to be charging me more money for these games. It seems like you just want to make the number in your bank account go up. 
So until you can prove <laughs> to me that the number, the, the, the money that I'm paying you is actually going towards making the next game, I don't think you should be charging me more. But that's, that's where I'm at with that. I, I will agree that the way things stand right now, we should be paying less. But, um, <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is, if you do the same calculations like you do with a movie or a book, um, for a game like uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, uh, I that that game should cost over a hundred dollars. Just just following the same exact metrics as you do for every other entertainment medium, we should be charging more. I don't think that should happen until it's going to the right places. And again, I can't afford to pay that anyways. Right. So there's that... some market business to go with, which I think should be handled by making games smaller. But uh, <laughs> that's, you know, something we've talked about for uh, there years. is the part where the free market as a whole seems to be suppressing the wages of people and then one expecting them to pay more for things and it's like well we can't keep paying all of you when we don't have any money <sighs> yes yeah um so the suggestion of this reader is uh <laughs> that oh, here all we go. price games not necessarily indie are free. They're free for the first five hours. And then after that, you pay for what you play. For some <laughs> games, maybe five hours, a bit too long, but maybe there could be a sliding scale or percentage. I haven't thought about this in the slightest. <laughs> but in this example, clearly thinking of, of, of long games, uh, like GTA, Red Dead Dementia, or Red Dead, blah, Red Dead Dementia, like, like I have, uh, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Um, and there's some merit to that, except, uh, there isn't. Except there's no merit all. to that whatsoever. <laughs> imagine. Yeah. Imagine you sit down to watch Fellowship of the Ring and you get 30 minutes into it. And then a pop-up shows... Uh, comes and says hey do you want to watch more of this movie uh pay 20 bucks yeah are you going to yeah. pay that 20 bucks or are you going to say this movie isn't worth it is is it the extended edition or just the the theatrical it's just the regular it's just, it's just the regular oh then hell no no <laughs> five five dollars maybe no you, you don't get those awesome extended scenes with like Galadriel and shit, you know. You you don't yeah. get that. <laughs> so they they say I think being able to play Red Dead Redemption Two for five hours for free is a pretty good idea. And then either some sort of pays you go deal like a phone, or you buy a block of another five hours. Oh yes, let's compare it to phones. Thing. Notoriously yeah. non non predatory phone plans. We we all love our phones. We all love the the ways we pay for our phones. We definitely don't get locked into terrifying contracts or 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 fucking have to pay for minutes 
that definitely wasn't a thing people had to do for for like decades. <laughs> Pay for mm-hmm. minutes on their phone. If you wanted to talk to your friend, you had to you had to go buy a card that gave you minutes on your phone. Oh, don't worry, it gets worse. Uh, and then it turns out nobody say- ever had to do that in the first place because nothing fundamentally changed from when we w- when we stopped paying for minutes on our on our phone. They just decided not to do that anymore. Like. There was there was no like technological advancement or something. They didn't have to charge for minutes. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets worse. Uh, rather than meaningless cosmetics, the game itself would become the microtransaction, and I think in the long run that could make more money for companies. You're ah! absolutely correct. Um, the, that's probably the not game would what you become a microtransaction. Be You're right. People, if we hate microtransactions. Or would be more convinced they were spending it on something good. And I think a lot more people would be attracted to that than just paying a lump sum up front, up front for something they don't even know they like. No! You're correct. It would it would bamboozle people and they would spend a, a lot of money on this. It, you're, you're correct. This this is incredibly corrupt. John, John, there's, there's one concept that they're entirely missing that blows this out of the water and is the entire reason why I would rather pay $60 up front for a video game that I know nothing about than have to pay continuously to keep playing. And that one word, that one concept is called a refund. <laughs> When I own a game, when I have the whole game in front of me, and I play the game and I don't like the game, I can take the game back. Yep. <laughs> yep. Now, you know what I can't do? What, paying more and more for each moment that I play the game? They're not going to refund that. I are their argument is going to be that I paid for the time in the game and I already spent that time. What are you trying to rob us? Are you trying to take the money from our pockets? Oh, oh, I could not. I could not imagine. Oh, I wonder who paid for this. <laughs> anyway, they probably Strauss It'll never happen, I don't think. Most businesses are very short-sighted, and they'll always take the money now rather than the chance for more later. Yes! Yes! It's because they need the money now. Uh, How are they... They're saying it! They're saying why this doesn't work. Right? Yeah. Businesses are short-sighted. They they don't make five-year plans anymore. The day of the five-year plan is out the fucking window, right? Like, they make five-month plans. How do we make as much money as possible in the next five months? The only reason they make new games at all, instead of just continuing to pump microtransactions into the ones that exist, is because they know that people stop playing games eventually. You have to have a new game. If that wasn't the case, they would stop making games and just yeah. make microtransaction shit. That's all they would do. Yeah. Because of this mindset. Here, let me let me show you exactly why that is. Um and like a proof of this. 
Uh, Take Two has this game called GTA V. Right. Which came out like 25 years ago. <laughs> and it's the last game they released. And and there's because a, there's a thing in this game called GTA Online. Right? And people play the GTA Online. And what they're able to do is charge people for playing GTA Online, charge them for costumes in GTA Online, charge them for cars in GTA Online, you know? Like, they're, they're able to keep adding things to this thing, and so they haven't made a new GTA game in 15 years because the online functionality attached to the game is literally the most fucking financially successful thing that has ever been made. Like, it's rivaled by, like, the entirety of Pokemon across 30-something years. You know? Yeah. (laughs) This one... GTA Online, not the GTA franchise... GTA Online is rivaled by the entirety of Pokemon, the games, the anime, yeah. the plushies, everything. Yeah. That, that's why they do it, because they can, they can just put a game out there and then make as much money off of it as they can. That is why your idea doesn't work. Imagine yeah. if... Imagine if instead of paying a subscription to play GTA Online, they charged you for every two hours you spent on GTA Online. They would... Either they would bankrupt the world, or they would destroy (laughs) their game. Right? That's that's the, the one two die, but they, that's the only two options, right? The game world first, yeah. <laughs> Either people love this game so much that they bankrupt the entire world, or people say this isn't worth it and stop playing. <sighs> what an idiot! Right, just a just a fucking buffoon. <laughs> I'm so game mad. Facts. The facts about the day before. Wait. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, you removed my news thing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. I forgot we had that news thing. And then we get here to Game Facts and you stole it. The day before is eh, let, let's let's hold on to that is for a minute. A multiplayer survival horror extraction shooter developed by Fantastic and published by Mytona for PC. Huh. Did you say it's an extraction shooter? I did. Huh. It, it, uh-huh. It, you called it that, right? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I did. Okay. In the day before, you play as a survivor of a zombie pandemic, joining with other survivors to rebuild society, but also fighting against those self-same survivors for who gets to take home the loot. 
I mean, it, it's it sounds like a fun game. It's it's a cross between kind of the Rust sort of games, uh, as well as um, like Escape from Tarkov. Um, a little bit of Left or, for Dead uh, energy in there. What's what's that Ubisoft game? The uh, the Division. It 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 feels a lot like the Division in a way. Okay. Uh, and you, yeah, you're it looks like a fun game. You're the one comparing it to those games, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it, that's that's what it looks like. From yeah. The, um, that's what it looks the, like from uh, from the, what the, the, the developers showed us. That's what yeah, the game correct. looks like the, to the you. Trailers. Yeah. Correct. I mean, that's I I don't I don't own the game. Uh, I you can't don't... own the game. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't own the, the game? Way the trailers, that's the way the trailers look. And that, I mean, it looks like a whole bunch of fun. I'd, I'd love to play it. Oh, man. If only you could. <laughs> Set in the fictional East Coast U.S. New Fortune City. Just make it New York City. <laughs> Just make it New York City. You venture out from your colony to extract supplies from the zombie-infested city and other survivors who obtain the supplies more fairly. Selling the supplies for cash, which you can use to upgrade your equipment and buy vehicles to go farther and loot better, build yourself your own little cabin. Huh. You know... Hold on. There's a lot of mechanics there. John, there's 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 a lot of different hold things on. there. I think I remember. I think I remember seeing this game before. Hold on. Oh really? Yeah. What you're describing is that, man. Oh. Oh wait, this isn't how they describe the game at all, John. <laughs> John. John, it's this I... says it's an open world MMO. John, <laughs> this doesn't sound. This doesn't sound like an open world MMO. Uh, they don't describe it as an open world MMO. No, no, they do. I, I'm reading it right now. The The Day Before offers players a uniquely reimagined journey into post-apocalyptic oh, right. they, open they, world they MMO survival set in the present day on the U.S. East Coast following a deadly pandemic. They They didn't change that one. They changed everywhere else. Oh, did I they? Find later. Oh no, no. Here it is. What is the current state of the early access version? The game is playable in multiplayer, allowing players to fully immerse themselves in a post-apocalyptic open-world MMO survival. Wait, that's also basically just a fucking copy paste of the blur. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, they didn't change it there. They didn't change it in the p- two places that people have noted that it's there. <laughs> I've seen YouTube videos pointing these two places out that it says this, and they haven't changed it. Oh. John, my heart. Fantastic. Which also, I have to note, Fantastic does not have the first day. Yeah, it's it's real bad. It's effing fantastic. Fantastic was 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 a Russian game design company. 
were they? Started in a small yeah. rented room working on their first Kickstarter game in 2015. After a successful Don't Starve ripoff, they moved on to more traditional financing systems and went on to make ripoffs of two popular Gmod modes and a 40-minute point-and-click adventure. Oh, man, these sound like real reputable people. Uh, honestly, the, those other games were well-reviewed, and they, a lot of people still enjoyed them. Um, I think at this point they might have been review-bombed as, you know, connected to this. Entirely but, possible. Uh, but people genuinely Let's see, what's them. Radiant 1 at? Oh, no, Radiant 1 is still mostly positive. Okay, that's the, uh... uh and Prop Knight is now mixed. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Despite the move to traditional financing and publishing, they maintained an odd hiring structure. Many companies have fancy names for their employees. Uh, family, associates. When I worked at HEB, where we were all partners. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's lots of bullshit terms. Yeah. But in this case, the term for all is volunteers. Huh. The, see, that's a name with a meaning, right? The The word volunteer means something. It means more than the word family or associates does. Because family is kind of a word that you have to define yourself throughout your life, right? Like, it does have a definition, but as to what the word family means to you... That's a personal thing, right? Associates, that's just kind of like a vague, you know, a, a person I, I fucking pass by on the street and helps me, like, carry a fucking TV up to my uh, up to my doorstep can be an associate, right? Whatever. I don't care. Associate is whatever. But volunteer. Volunteer. That's a person who does work because they want to. And... Don't yep. get paid for it. <laughs> they distinguish between the internal volunteers who are paid and the external volunteers who do translation, testing, and community moderation. All very important work to whom they give important. participation certificates and free codes. Man, that sure sounds... Very suspicious. Hmm. They, uh, they released I... a statement after this was discovered uh, saying, Volunteering at Fantastic means that a person works willingly for a common cause. We consider all team members, including employees, volunteers. Um, th which is a load of hogwash. No. If you're an employee, you're an employee. You're not a volunteer. If I volunteer I... at the soup kitchen, I am not an employee of the soup kitchen. In the same way that an employee of the soup kitchen is not a volunteer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there had to have been pushback from internal for that. Like, you get called a weird term and you're like, I'm not a partner. I'm... I'm just a fucking employee. Just call me a right. fucking employee. 
Um, I'll even accept, like, teammate. I get that. I'm a member of a team. Yeah. I'm a teammate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it um, because it does feel like they're being too close again. But I like it more than, like I said, being called a partner. Yeah. Uh, there's the company I work for refers to its employees as associates. And it they do have a reason for this, which is that um, working for the company gets you stock within the company. So you technically have ownership within the company. Oh, that's what so, HEB does too. That was why they got away with yeah. calling us partners. They would say like, well, yeah. we're, you, everybody has stock. We're not a publicly traded company. You know, you yep. get a certain amount of stock every year. You're a partner. Yeah. So like, I, I, get I understand to, I, that. I get to you, cash you out my, my stocks this, this year, by the way, at the end of the year. Yeah. I got $2,000 coming to me, baby. Nice. <laughs> yeah. If I can figure out how to do it because they make it purposefully <laughs> obtuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I under I understand these terms. They have meaning sometimes. A lot of the times they're just slapped on. And, and, and you still, like, you hear them and you roll your eyes. Someone says you're a volunteer. I will physically recoil. Right. Here, here's the thing, too. You don't get to say I'm a volunteer. Volunteering is a thing I choose to do. If I'm a volunteer, yeah. it's because I chose to be one. You don't uh-huh. get to apply that label to me. But, like, that's that's the big fucked up part of it. Like, I... I mean, I just want words to mean things. That's what it comes down to. I'm so... Uh, every every day living in America, people use words in less and less meaningful ways. They don't mean anything anymore. You know? You, you listen to fucking, like, right-wing talk radio. They're basically speaking a different language because they're not using words in the way words are used anymore. And then these fucking dickshits want to fucking come up to me and call call their employees volunteers. Fuck you. I'm going to stab you in the eye. God damn. All right, Wombat, I need you to literally shut up and read the next fact. Announced in January of 2021, the day before it was cited to be released in June 2022. Huh, what's today? Oh, it's not that. About a month before that date, it was moved to March 2023. Hmm, what's today? Oh, it's not that. So they could switch engine versions. In January... Which is a terrible idea. <laughs> right, you don't... Hold on, hold on. I was about to just swipe past that. Wait, uh-huh. you don't switch en- engine versions? You don't... No. You don't get close to your date you're supposed to be released. Making your game an RPG Maker fucking 26 and then be like, hold on, guys, we're about to release the game. Let's remake it in RPG Maker 37. What? Yeah. No. What? You don't do that. You don't do that. If you decided on an engine, that's the engine your game comes out on. I don't care. When When you start designing any game, you turn off the automatic updates. 
Because <laughs> even 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 just the like bug fix updates that can come down will destroy every engine. Because of your, your game. code is designed for the engine with the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> this bat shit. What the fuck? In January, it was moved to November. Huh. It didn't release then either. Due to trademark issues, a calendar app of the same name was being bullish. I don't know. Possibly with good reason. Maybe they knew something we didn't. And in November, it was moved again to its final release date of December 7th, 2023. Wow. That is a year and a half. Past when it was supposed to be released. Yep. I will say the uh, the calendar app thing is bullshit. It is. I mean, it's. It is. It's an entire. Nobody's going to confuse a calendar app for the biggest survival horror MMO to be released in 2023. It's like um. Well, not even that, but, like, the way copyright and trademark and shit works, it has to be within the same kind of business, right? So, like, yeah. here here where I live, we have a place called Naruto Ramen, right? And, and yeah. you know, if you were to call your comic book Naruto, then you would have issues. But if yeah. you're calling your ramen place Naruto, it's fine. You know? Yeah. Naruto is a place. Fucking Shonen Jump is not about to hit you up because you named your no. place Naruto. Now, I mean, they'd have they to go do... after the city and the whirlpools and, you know, all that. But yeah, like, like a calendar app can't be like, this video game is taking our name. That's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Two entirely different things. The day after its release, the player count dropped 75%. Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. Imagine imagine if the population of your city just dropped 75%. Yeah. <laughs> you live in Atlanta. <laughs> imagine Atlanta drops 75% that might be good actually you might be able to drive somewhere for a change <laughs> no I still, I still couldn't I still couldn't <laughs> uh, owing to terrible frame rates graphic pop-ins sluggish servers lack of basic design <laughs> <laughs> and what design there was was not meaningful, distinctive, creative, or compelling. Oh. At this time, fan <laughs> Fantastic removed tags from their game that had previously been accurate, like massively multiplayer. Was that accurate? <laughs> Due to them no longer being accurate to the released game, despite being part of the promised features. On the 11th of December, after the player count dropped to one... No. Mere... no. What? Yeah. I, I thought... A mere 10% of its day one max. Fantastic announced its closure and removed the game from sale. Hold on. I don't think you can give Fantastic that. I think that was a Steam decision. 
I have read that it was Steam that removed it from sale. Uh, it was removed from sale after Fantastic announced its closure. Okay. Yeah. The The timeline's pretty clear. I saw that one there. I was like, is this a Babylon Falls situation where it was literally (laughs) one dude playing the game? (laughs) So last I understand, the servers are still up and the players who currently own the game can continue to play the game if they wanted to. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's gone. What an embarrassing fucking... Like, they scammed people, right? Nope. Not technically. No, when um... they called themselves an open-world MMO, their game is not open-world, by definition. Yes. Uh, Nobody lost money on this, so... Because everyone who purchased it gets... Right, and Steam has made sure that everybody, even the people who spent more than two hours in the game, is getting a refund, right? Yeah. But that wasn't Fantastic's decision. That was Steam. Steam was like, hold on. This could cause, like, this looks bad for us, so we need to step in and make sure this gets handled. But otherwise, Fantastic was going to hold on to that money. I... Right? Like, the, the money that they made selling their game as an open-world MMO, despite it being a... Honestly, like, stage-based extraction shooter. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm surprised that they released the game. I, I'm confused. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm genuinely, about genuinely, the yeah. timeline of this because they had to have known that they were so close to bankruptcy. Because, I mean, you, you don't close, like, like you're not going to release GTA 6 and then be like, all right, we're done, goodbye. Like, it, it makes no sense. Even if even if GTA 6 is ready to go, you still wouldn't release it. You would still be like, all right, we're, we're, we're shutting down the pl- the studio because that is an asset you can sell with your your name. You can sell that to people like you have all the promise of the game that you can pass off to another Um. I don't I don't understand the decision to release the game knowing that if it like they they got sales right so but they had to know how they were marketing the game and that the game was not that whether they yeah, wanted it but... to be that eventually or not they were about to release the game as not that with no like warning to people at all, like yeah, but the same thing happened in No Man's Sky, and they recovered. So like, I guess, but I don't think don't... No Man's Sky the the studio behind No Man's Sky wasn't at the precipice of bankruptcy, right? No, it it, it wasn't. I I 
you there is no world in which they could have released the game gone bankrupt and kept the money like that's there's <laughs> that just wouldn't happen it's, it's obviously wouldn't happen um anyone could see that um i i don't understand the move to release a game wait four days and then shut down your studio like i i get shutting down the studio after releasing a rotten egg like this i just don't understand why they would have released it right <laughs> it's like an it's, asset it's so weird until until it is released it's the golden goose egg that they say it is right it was the most anticipated game of 2023 several times but like yeah yeah and i mean like like i said earlier in the facts somehow because i never heard looks, about it until this shit happened but it looks like a really fun game like it there it looks like a genuinely enjoyable game style even as an extraction shooter it looks like a genuinely enjoyable game that they apparently just didn't execute on at all. Uh, part of that, I think, is they they <laughs> feature drift. Um, the whole thing about like you can build your own cabin and and like buy furniture and move the furniture around and place it and. That building a system like that is not easy at all. Yeah. Um, Fallout 4 had a system just... like that, and it sucked. Yeah. Buy, you can buy versions of that and put it in there. It's not really a thing that people would be looking for anyways. Right. It's that... I mean, this, this isn't a... Animal Crossing. Or, or even... What, what the... Uh... There's so many zombie survival games right now. Right. Um, Daisy. The, World War Z. The, is is Rust the one where it's like, like better looking voxels? Like it, it's it's Minecraft, but it's better than that. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that game, like the it's it's not that. Like it, it makes sense for a game that's like that to have you know, building and crafting and making uh, furniture and stuff. Because it's literally the game. People, people get that. Yeah, that's that's that, that makes sense. This is a lot more like The Division, where you go out, you shoot things, you get your materials, you come back, you sell them for better weapons and gear to do that again. You're not going to be making yourself a little house. Like, that's cool and all. Uh, 100%... Add in the little cabin stuff down the line. <laughs> Why is it in this that, version that, of the game? It should not be in this version of the... It, it should not be in the next version of the game. It should be in, like, version 5 to 10. <clears throat> like, I understand why they're close to bankruptcy. They spent their money making the cabin shit instead of making the open world part of their open world MMO. Yeah. Uh, the vehicles, Start there. honestly, <laughs> could have been pushed back. Because you can just spend your effort making a really interesting close-up area that people want to play in, 
And then with the next one, add in vehicles to let you go further to a new area that's more built up. Like, <laughs> why? I don't know. There's something happening here, right? Like, but like, I, I, I can't see it as a scam because like, it's not kickstarted. There's, there's no, as far as I can tell, there's no like venture capitalists in this. It's, it's like, it's just, they used their funds and the funds of their publisher, which they're deeply connected with. They, they both come from the same town in Russia. Yakutsk is not a large town for... <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of Yakutsk. <laughs> it's the uh, the coldest town in the world, I think. Oh, wow. At least, at least that's what they call themselves. Uh, oh, what's the population? Thank you. Um, the population is uh, like 20 it's, and it's just these two businesses. It's a, it's a few hundred thousand. <laughs> okay. It's, it's 300, 300,000, a little over that. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not exactly like you're, you're going to have a game studio and a game, uh, producer both founded there. Yeah. You're connected. <laughs> Um, but like they, they used their own internal money and this, they didn't take anybody else's money for this. The volunteering is some shit. That's some shit right yeah, there. Yeah, that's fucked but, up. But at the same time, it is volunteering. So like, you can't even say that they were scammed necessarily. Um, I, it's, and, and then they release a game not expecting it to fail? I, I don't know. This game is a mystery to me. <laughs> like I said, there's something going on here. I don't know what, maybe we just don't know enough about, like, Russian economy, right? <laughs> Well, that's, that's the thing, too, is that it's not based in Russia. Well, Fantastic is based in Russia still. But um, the the other one, Mytona, Mytona. Is, uh, is based in New Zealand now, which doesn't make any sense to me. Why would New Zealand let them in? <laughs> Whatever. Time for Glowing Year Point. It's, it's the end of the year. We've, we've done... 26 of these, I guess. Something, I guess, yeah. Well, I get no, this is the 24th. So, yeah. Oh, cuz so we took is, a break, the... I think, in the summer. Yeah. So, uh we 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 did 24 of these this year. These are all the games we played across the last year. Um you don't have a full list. No. Uh, you you don't have a list at all. Of, of all the games you played. So it looks like I've played way more games than you, although that is the opposite. <laughs> you played way more games than me this year. Oh, yeah, because I wasn't keeping track. I got lazy. Yeah. Um, so 
uh, we're we're gonna go through our our top and bottom seven games that we played. Uh, and the way we usually uh, do this is one of us will name the one, and then the other will name the equivalent, and we just go back and forth like that. Do we want to start with the best or the worst, though? I'd say let's end with the best. Yeah, we'll end on a high note. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go first, or will I? I'll go. Uh, All right. And, and here's here's the caveat for mine, uh, which is I didn't play a whole lot of games this year. <laughs> right. We we do uh, top and bottom sevens. Uh, I did play more than fourteen games. I I even played more than the eighteen games, if you include the four that. Uh, I can't include on my list because I included them on last year's list or the year before. But uh, nevertheless, there is not enough of a list of games for me to truly pick stinkers and somewhat for me to truly pick the best. So big caveat there for the beginning. Uh, Number seven on my list is Ultima 2, The Revenge of the Enchantress. Which, it's on my list because it's old. Yeah. And it did not age particularly well. Ultima 1 aged very well. Like, it, it, it actually, like, was still fun to play. This one, they just, they decided to make it harder, and they decided to just do that by being rude. like they just they just took away basic things from the first game like you know keeping track of your character so that if you die it won't just restart the entire game right uh so it 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 restarts the entire game when you're playing ultima 2 and uh i still intend to beat it uh so maybe it'll make my best games list next year uh unlikely uh unless i don't play more than seven games next year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but entirely possible it, entirely possible in which case the best and worst games list is just going to be a mirror image of each other <laughs> um i kind of want to do that now anyways no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh um it it doesn't deserve to be on my worst list but there wasn't anything better to or worse to put on there so it is the seventh worst game I played. That doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, there's a similar caveat for my worst list. Um, I go out of my way to not play games that I've heard are bad. Because um, I like to play good things. And before I play a game, I usually do some amount of looking at it, right? <clears throat> uh, so... Like, none of these games are truly awful, you know? They're just what I didn't enjoy playing the most this year. Yeah. Um, and with that, my number seven pick was Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And that's because even though I poured, like, three, four hours into the game, I was still, like, being constantly handheld. Even during the section where I didn't have... The uh, the character who is notorious for holding your hand. My hand was still being yeah. held. Like, the whole mm-hmm. way through. And it just, it doesn't feel like 
that it's it's my least favorite kind of Zelda, right? Like it's it's in that middle portion between stuff like Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker, where you're it, you feel like you're truly free, and the time of like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where we're just not doing Zelda anymore, we're doing a new thing and we're calling it Zelda. Um, yeah, where they liked to just direct you constantly. Like every step of the of the journey has to be pointed out to you. You're not allowed off the beaten track. I, it's it's the worst era of Zelda in my opinion. <laughs> uh, having not played with it, I disagree. Oh, I agree. <laughs> so, do we want to go down worst more or? Yeah, keep going the worst. Okay. Uh, next on my list is Jill of the Jungle. Uh, this is another sacrifice uh, because Jill of the Jungle didn't do anything wrong besides being a platformer from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> Which is because, enough, to be fair. <laughs> but for an 80s platformer, it is genuinely good. It, like, there's there's no faults to be had with it. But it still is from the 80s, and it didn't age well. Right. So, I would love to have something else to put on here. I just don't. Sorry, Jill. (laughs) Here you are. Uh, My number six pick is Final Fantasy (laughs) XVI. This might be my least favorite Final Fantasy, like, ever. Just because I don't think it's a Final Fantasy game, you know? They they brought in yeah. the guy who does the Devil May Cry combat, and they had him make a game. And what they got was a medieval setting Devil May Cry game with vague RPG narrative elements. Because yeah. even, like, like, there are levels... But they don't mean anything. There are skills, but you have them all at the start. You're not getting any new skills. They can be upgraded like once, maybe twice. And it doesn't significantly change them, really. It's just an a character action game that they're calling Final Fantasy. And when I play Final Fantasy, I'm expecting a party-based adventure RPG. You know? Okay, I have a question. Yes. Is Sid there? There is a Sid. Okay. Are there Chocobos? Yes. It's a Final Fantasy game. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I understand what you're saying. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Number five on my list is Hand of Fate. And uh, this is where we start to deserve uh, being on this list. Hand of Fate is a game that puzzles me because it is very well thought of. I, I like It's my brother-in-law's favorite game. Um, and from a game design perspective, honestly, it has the best setting I have ever seen in a game. Like, truly, the concept of the game is without equal. 
it is a perfect concept for a game. Execution, on the other hand, uh, <laughs> the the outside of the preparing for a campaign where you choose your cards and stuff and uh, the strategies therein and the actual traversing through the, the cards that are drawn, which is fun in itself. Those are both very fun portions. The main core of the game, the, the, the primary mechanic by which you proceed is combat, which happens in a uh, third person over the shoulder. You fight through these things. Um, which is finishable via a single button. Because once you have a shield, you can shield bash any enemy that is attacking you, and they can't hit you then, and there is no cooldown on it, so you just shield bash every enemy, and the time it takes to perform it is very, very small, so you can just <laughs> shield bash every enemy. Jesus. Uh, your, your shield doesn't have a durability. It causes them damage. It causes them not to hit you. Um, so I beat the first three campaigns of the game without taking any damage. On my first try. Well, then. Uh, still, the game. Fantastic concept. I, I, I truly cannot impress upon that enough of how good a concept this game is i just wish it executed it so honestly like it it, it could rate in the best games of the list purely based off of that but because of how much of a stinker it is by failing to live up to that here it is at number five here at number five Okay. Uh, my fifth worst game of the year is Fire Emblem Engage. Now, the gameplay of Engage is good. It's it's one of the better Fire Emblem games in recent memory. That's true. But a big part of every Fire Emblem game is the characters. Yeah, this one has snow cone hair. And the characters of Engage suck. There's not a single one that I love at the level of, like, Lissa from Awakening, right? L like, Lissa yeah. is an awesome character. Henry is an awesome character. You know, the, the, the fucking great characters in Awakening. Not as great gameplay as Engage, but awesome characters. I I can't get invested in the story of this game because it's stupid and the characters suck. That's all. It, that's all it comes down to. I, I I hate playing the game because I have to play it in spite of the things that I hate. Yeah. All right. Next on my list, number four is Evertale. Uh, this is one of the games we recently played. I think it's the game we played last. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's telling a that it's here where, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, really good gameplay, honestly. Um, it, it was, it was very enjoyable. The, it, we picked it because it looked like it was going to be Pokemon-esque. Um, really, really it's wasn't, not. but 
but genuinely good party mechanics and and skills and stuff. Uh, very very fun to play. If only it was not just the pinnacle of capitalism in a a mobile game. Because for a free game, boy, was it trying to not even free. No, it was not that shit. That was our big issue is that we paid for the game and then it still wanted more. And and not just a little more. Like ads all over the place. For itself. Um so yeah, I mean this this game, if it was just the game, honestly, could replace one of the games on my best sevens list, but it sucks. Capitalism yeah. sucks. It does. Uh, <clears throat> my number four is Pixel Noir. And this was just like a big disappointment. I was really hunting for a, a detective game. And what I got was one of the most basic things I've ever played. Like, I got three chapters in, and I was still—it still felt like I was doing tutorial shit, you know. Like maybe the, there's, and, and it was doing like supernatural stuff, and I—I I don't want that. But like, I thought I was getting into a detective game, and then I got into a detective game with scary, scary monsters in it, and fuck off! I just want to solve a murder, like. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Sad. All right, bottom three. We got Mouse Busters. Uh, this this is another mobile game. I put three of them on here. Yeah, I, I kept avoid putting. I kept mine much, a but, one. Uh, I also just don't have a whole lot of games. Um, right. Mouse Busters uh, had a really great aesthetic. It was a really really pretty game that was cutesy and I liked it. If only it had a game. Yeah. <laughs> if only that's, it wasn't just a book. It's yeah, it, it just no. You, you're gonna have to actually have a game for me to to like you. So, <laughs> to rate you bye. as a game. <laughs> uh, number three for me was Thea the Awakening. Um it's like a city builder management game on the Switch that I have, and I don't like them at the best of times, and this was not as good as the ones that I haven't been interested in before. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that That's where it lands. All right, and then we get to my final mobile game. See, it's not the worst game of all time. Um, Sword Ago, which uh, was a, a deep cut. It took me reading back through all the games we'd played to remember this one because it was so unmemorable. Uh, this game did not have a good aesthetic like Mouse Busters, nor did it have a good gameplay like Evertale. Uh, it just kind of sucked. Wait, I thought we liked Sword Ago. No, no. Like, it was okay, but I, I think you might be thinking of Apple Knight. Am I thinking of Apple Knight? Uh, 
I think I was thinking of Apple Night. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, sort of go. No. Sort of go. Sort of no. No, definitely no. There's no sort of there. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Evertale. And it's for the same reasons. It's the capitalism bullshit. I'm so sick of it. Don't charge me money and then charge me more money. Stop it. That's All my right. review. I, <laughs> I have a I have a dishonorable mention before we get to number one. Yeah. Um, which uh, this is a game that has been on my list since year one. Yeah, it's always and, on your dishonorables. It's it's always no, <laughs> no. I, don't, it, I think it was my worst game the first year. It was also yeah, my top but since game. then, since then, it was dishonorable every year since. Uh, I thought it was honorable last year. Was it? Pretty sure it was honorable last year. Okay. Anyways, Destiny Two. Uh, this year it's dishonorable because, boy, have I not fucking played this game. Um, you and apparently most uh, people who played it before. Yeah, yeah, there were there were some news we could have gone with that, uh... Yeah, we haven't really touched it, but Destiny 2's news is, uh, draining <laughs> it's, it's player not, base! Not in a happy place right now. Yeah. Draining player base and workforce base. Yeah. <laughs> they're laying people off. Great. Uh, I just, this is a game I barely played at all. I... I think I I played a little bit of it in February, running up to the um, the new uh, expansion, and I played the content of the new expansion, and then functionally stopped. I think, I think for a little like bit you were still trying to keep onto your guildeds, whatever. Yeah, and then I let go of that as well. Yeah, like I I got it that year. And I or that that season, I think I got it the next season, and then the season after that, I didn't even try. Um, yeah, uh, there there's been a new season for like a month now. Haven't even played, like I, I haven't even opened the game. I I still like. There's a lot of the game that I do like. It's just I don't. I, at this point, I don't feel like I can get into it because I would want to go back and complete things, and and even if I try to move forward, then it's it's just the game has just lost a lot of its charm. But I mean, we all hit this point done. with an MMO, right? Like, uh, eventually, it wears off its welcome, and we have to move on to the next thing, and that's totally fine. In my case, it didn't wear off its welcome; it changed its welcome. Yeah. Um it's it's changed so many times and through most of those changes I have either learned to like it again or appreciated the change for what it was. It's 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 been either things of like, well that sucks, but I'll get to like this and then I do or it's like, Oh, thank God we got this or No, I'm so glad that they made this, this is so cool. That hasn't happened with this most recent bit like even even the season before this was me flagging but that's that just wanted to mention it because uh, i always do number one on my worst list this is the worst game i played and it also was a game i played last week <laughs> or the week well, last time the most recent time 
before the echo this is the rhythm battle game that just the mechanics sucked the the controls sucked the writing sucked sucked and, uh, <laughs> and honestly the even if the game had worked exactly the way it was intended to it wouldn't have been that fun so it sucks the most okay uh my i don't have any dishonorables this year um and my worst game it's not worst is a bad name for this list it's most disappointing this was the most disappointing game for me um because i had a history with cabal online you know i played it for several years as a teenager and it's it's got such a cool class system and a cool skill system. It's and it still has those, right? But it was yeah. little things like the writing of the the quests had somehow gotten worse. Like I, they updated it at some point, and now it's full of typos and it's bad. It, it, it's just it's awful to read through. And more fundamentally, they changed the inventory system where before they had like a like a dark alliance kind of system where things took up an amount of space in your inventory, depending on their size. You know, like an outfit would take up six spaces in your inventory. A greatsword would take up eight spaces. And you kind of had to manage that. They had changed it so everything just took up one space. Which kind of like like destroyed a bit of the game for me, like like a, a big part of it to me was mm. trying to balance what you had on you, you know, like do I grab this thing that just dropped from from a monster or that thing, or should I just stop killing things and go back and bank all of this stuff and then and then return, you know? Should I sell some of the stuff off? All of that was gone because I had like three ba- three inventory tabs with like a hundred plus spaces for items individually. Wow. Yeah. And it, it was just, it, it was very disappointing to go back to that. Um, also, it, it, it has not caught up with the times. So you know how uh, in the mid 2000s games would like download things individually and would it, it would take forever hmm. yeah it still does that yeah and then even worse when i went to uninstall it it uninstalled them individually <laughs> <laughs> so cabal online most disappointing game of 2023 <sighs> So long, and thanks let's, for all the memories. Let's turn this around to something good. Uh, These are our top seven. Uh, I went first last time, so why don't you go ahead and go? All right. Uh, Fire Emblem Blazing Sword, or Blazing Blade. I never know which one it is. Uh, it's the, the one with... The official translation is Blazing Sword, but uh, Blazing Blade has always been a better choice. Okay. Uh... 
It's the one with Lindis, Hector, and Ellie Wood. Ellie Wood sucks. We all know Ellie Wood yes. sucks. He, he's trash. Get out of here, Ellie Wood. But Lindis has use, and Hector mm-hmm. is awesome. So, yep. <laughs> um, also, the map design is just really good. Uh, the characters, most of them, I, I remember things about them. Which is impressive for me, because if you ever hear us talk about anime, you'll notice that most anime characters, I cannot remember their names. But Yeah, that's why you number them. <laughs> right. But but I can tell you, like, Urk is, is the, uh, the, the put-upon mage following along with the cleric Sarah, who's, who's like a bratty fucking royal. You know, but like piece of shit. Yeah, right. But but they're memorable enough, and I care about them enough, and they're not annoying. And, and they're it's just a real good group of characters they've got in that game. I think the mm-hmm. only thing holding it back is that I cannot, for the life of me, beat the mission where you have to keep Jafar and uh, what what's her <laughs> fucking face alive. I cannot. <laughs> it is a very difficult mission. I will grant you that. It is a very difficult mission. I'm so stuck on it. I hate it. <laughs> All right, number seven on my list is Universal Paperclips. Um, this is the the browser game I played at the beginning of the year. I think it was. Um where you play as an AI whose job is to make paperclips and eventually you make the entire world paperclips and then you make the entire universe oh, paperclips. I remember that. The other paperclip machines to like, yeah. Um, eventually you start really cannibalizing yourself in order to make paperclips. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun game uh, that, I, I mean... It, it was just, it was a, it was fun for about 18 hours, and then I beat it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it has Katamari Damacy energy. I guess. A little bit? <laughs> Not really. Okay. All right. My number six is Citizen Sleeper. This was a really cool uh, narrative RPG thing set on like a an old space station you're a you're a refugee uh like corporate slave uh looking to make a life of your own it's it's real cool it's god it felt like my choices i was making mattered and so many times in these these rpg stuff it doesn't really feel like that, you know? They have that illusion of choice shit going on. It really felt like the decisions I was making was impacting these characters around me. And and they were cool characters, too. There's, like, a badass bounty hunter chick. There's a there's another bounty hunter who comes hunting you down. And and he's like a fucking drunk, but he's he still somehow manages to get the upper hand on you every time you see him. It's it's real cool. Okay. Yeah. Number six on my list is Pondarian. 
This was uh, another mobile game we played. See, they weren't all stinkers. Um, this this was a, a fun little game that I genuinely considered spending the money for, but I was spending too much time on other games instead. So uh, I just played those other games instead and didn't spend any money on it. But it's uh, it's like chessboard, but you have different uh, units that you control. Like you you control your you control your unit using chess movements to destroy other units, and very very fun. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that was a fun little game. All right. And uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, my number five is Symphony of War, the Nephilim Saga. Uh, <clears throat> this game is another strategy game. It's got heavy Fire Emblem energy, except instead of an individual character, your individual character represents a whole squad of characters, and you can build that squad yourself, and you can mix and match units. You can set them up with like archers in the back, you can set up a whole team of archers. You could have, like, infantry in the front, healers in the middle, mages in the back. You could put infantry in the back because sometimes you get attacked by fucking, uh, like, rogues. And their first attack, they can, they can swoop into your back row and attack all your weak people. So don't put weak people in the back all the time because then you'll get ambushed and murdered. You know? It's got a lot of cool shit going on. And then this year, they they even updated the visuals. So now it doesn't look like complete dog shit. The portraits actually look like people. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. That's it's good. a good game. I'm glad they don't look like shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Number five on my list is Ultima 1. Like oh, I said, shit. <laughs> Ultima 2 made my worst seven games list. Ultima 1 actually made my best list. Um, it's not the greatest game of all time, but it still has a lot of charm to it. And boy, is it a wild game with twists and turns that you would not expect from the first RPG to functionally exist. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was a challenge to beat, but it felt like a challenge not like a chore. And I think that's something that a lot of games then and still don't necessarily get right. Um, in that it, it actually was enjoyable to be challenged and get it done. I felt at the end of it, like I had achieved something. Whereas, uh, just getting the relief from it being over. That's awesome. Uh, my number four is Inscription. Um, and Inscription is one of those games that's about games. And I just like those, you know? I like the games that are about themselves. Or, or games that are, like, super deep. The, the, or, or both. Like, like the near games, right? Mm -hmm. But Inscription, Inscription just wants to tell me about games and how cool games are and sometimes how creepy games are. And 
how confusing games are. And it's, it's just so interesting. And then when you first, you reach what you think is the end of the game. And then a whole meta narrative spreads about the game. And then a whole new game starts. But it's still the same game. Hmm. It's wild. You, you, you kind of just have to play it to, to get it. Which is cool. Play Inscription. Okay. <laughs> Number four on my list is The Dark Side Detective and its sequel that is the same game. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to slip that in there. I know it's technically two games in the same slot, but uh, they are the same game. So It's, it's uh, this and more of this. <laughs> yeah, it's this. And then they decided, hey, let's make more of the same thing. And they did. And nothing changed. And that's fine. Um, yeah, and it's fine. Uh, it it very fun writing is all it is. It's it's very fun writing. The puzzles are okay. Sometimes they were too hard, and I looked up the answer. But, uh, <laughs> most of the time, it it was just it was pretty straightforward and enjoyable, and and it's just it's fun writing. It's worth it. Okay. Uh, my number three is cassette beasts. We mentioned with Evertail, we were looking for Pokemon. Cassette Beasts is Pokemon. Um, and it's set in an alternate dimension that you get swept up into. And there's a whole whole host of, of other people who have been swept into this. And you don't... You, you don't capture the Pokemon so much as you scan their data and then... Like trans, yeah. You transform yourself into the the Pokemon. Okay. And you can have a, another party member with you the whole time. And when they like you enough, when you can fuse together, you with, with your part partner into and all of the different Pokemon fuse. The, the, there's so many different combinations. And there's all sorts of different reasons to fuse. And it's so cool. I'm using that word a lot. Games are cool, <laughs> dude. Like Games are cool. D- games are just cool. And these were cool games. Cassette Beasts. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Number three on my list is Mindustry. Or Mindustry. Probably Mindustry. Uh, this is a game that might have been on Wombat's list if he ever played it. Um. <laughs> I'll get to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm getting my life a, together. This was a this was a mobile game that we were supposed to play together and Wombat I did play figure it. out how I did play it. I just could not understand what I was doing with it. You could you didn't play this. You didn't play this shit. Don't don't give me that. Fuck you. Uh uh I spent hours and hours and hours of on Mintistry and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I have since deleted it from my phone uh, because I don't need to play it anymore. I feel like I've gotten basically the full experience from it. You reached and an end point and you said, I'm done. Yeah, I, I didn't need to, to, to beat the game or, or, or even to try out the other world. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. 
Uh, they're still updating it, so maybe at a future time we'll come back. But yeah, it was it was fun. Okay. Uh, my number two is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It is Breath of the Wild if Breath of the Wild was good. Because I think... Can, can we all in hindsight say that Breath of the Wild was bad? Because Breath I mean, of the I Wild... for the beginning. Right, I, I also did. But but after seeing what, what Breath of the Wild could have been in Tears of the Kingdom, I think we can say that it's just... It's what the game should have been to begin with. It's so awesome. You're in the air. You're under the ground. You're lighting shit up. You're 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 killing enemies. You know? You're you're doing like actual kind of dungeon things. You're exploring caves. You're building cool outfits. Finding them in those caves, under the ground, in the air, doing mini games and shit. It's it's so good. It's Every second you're in it, you're, it's just like wonder and curiosity. What is around that tree? What's on the other side of that cliff? You know, it's God. What, what a good game. <laughs> Made me like Zelda this year when Skyward Sword didn't. <laughs> uh Number two on my list is Vampire Survivors, um, a game I intended to put on my list and forgot to, and so recently updated that. Uh, <laughs> Vampire Survivors was uh, a game I, I only got into recently. It's It's been a game people have been raving about for a year and a half, maybe? Yeah, like two um, years, I think. And uh, I started playing it like three months ago. Um, I, I finally I got like him it. into it. I, I, I I liked the genre of this game before Vampire Survivors existed. Uh, so yeah, good old Crimson Lands time. Um, it's it's got a good aesthetic to it. It's been updated enough times at this point that it's a little different from when it started. I'd say. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more to it now, um, and that's in a good way. Um. It's a lot of fun. It's still challenging, but it's, you know, the progression through each run of the game is, is quite enjoyable. So, yeah. Um, well, my honorable mention is Vampire Survivors, so I'm just going to keep this conversation rolling. Uh, it's a really unique game in that every time you start up the game, like, even even though you've unlocked all of these characters and all these weapons and everything, right? There's always the same progression. You start off the game weak as shit. And you scramble to put together something, any kind of build, in order to not be weak as shit. And by about the 20-minute mark... Well, if you make it past the 10-minute mark then you're doing something right, you know? Because otherwise, yeah. they're going to murder you. And yeah. if you make it to the 20-minute mark, then you are an unstoppable force of destruction. You, yep. you, you are a god upon this earth. And for the next 10 minutes, you just get to ride that out feeling cool as shit. And, 
and then which, the the, which the, is the game ends. Amount of time. Yes. The game ends, and then if you want to do it again, you can, and it's the same progression every time. Awesome. Uh, meanwhile, my number one game was Control, and I feel like if anybody knew me, they would know Control would be my my number one because it's an action Metroidvania with trippy. Uh, like visuals and aesthetics and stuff it, it, it does it 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 does a lot of unique shit in, in the the realm of of games you know like an early instance that I, I i like to think back on is um you walk through an area of office uh, like a bunch of offices and <clears throat> Like, like you walk past an elevator into a bunch of offices and you explore the offices a little bit and then you, you loop back around to the elevator. And, and when you do, you talk to the janitor and the janitor gives you the key to the elevator. And then what I tried to do was go back. And I couldn't. Because where I had walked through to to get through the offices, there was a wall now. I couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. But how did... Do... I'm still not sure how you do that. But, like, <laughs> I, I try to imagine... Because I can see down into the place where I was before, like the lobby of the building, and I can see how I could get back there. But I can't. I don't know, it's, and then it keeps doing that throughout the rest of the game, but it adds cool gun shit and, and psychokinetic powers. It's kind of like, um, I think a couple years ago I played Scarlet Nexus, which was, uh, an RPG with, a psycho, like telekinetic powers and, and other kinds of powers and shit, right? Like, yeah, it was that. But in a Metroidvania, and and like super hyper focused on the kind the specific kinds of abilities, where where they had a bunch of characters with all kinds of different abilities in Scarlet Nexus, uh, Jesse in in Control has like three powers, and and she she just finds new ways to use them throughout the course of the game. And it's awesome. Okay. It's 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 just so good. It's just There's not another game out there like Control. I love it. I have a few honorable mentions. Uh Power Wash Simulator is just the ride of Zen. Um, <laughs> Legends of Eidolon I played for most of the year before Actually, no, I think I only played it the first third of the year before for setting it down um idle skilling i played because i played legends of Eidolon. um and then you played it longer i played it far longer uh functionally beat it i, I think there's technically stuff i could still do in it but uh i, I think the there game, always so. will be <laughs> yeah um and then guardian tales which i played a lot more of this year and then also deleted it because I 
was tired of keeping it updated. So, uh, yeah, those are all fun games that uh, I can't put on my list and probably wouldn't have anyways, but they're they're good. Um, but number one game that I played this year, uh, certainly, it's the, outside of Mindustry, probably the game I played the most, well, and Idle Skilling, because I put way too much time to that. Which is crazy, because this is a recent one, right? Oh, I talked over Yeah. It's fine. Raft is the the name of the game. Um, And uh, I played uh, the whole thing with my wife and loved it. And it's a very fun game. It's a survival crafting rafting game. Crafting and rafting. And really enjoyable. Just just on the one hand peaceful and zen because you're on a raft just floating along at the mercy of the wind and on the other hand a little stressful in that you got to get food and stuff and then you get to a point you don't have to and it's just optimizing and enjoying life and uh if i could go back and play it again for the first time again i would and i might actually go back and play start it over at some point but not not quite yet i played it a lot (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that's that's the the best game i played this year easily okay and that's that's it for our glowing year point that's those are the the games that made us and broke us uh, no evertale <laughs> evertale <laughs> so uh that's also it for year three and season nine so Let's uh let's look forward to to year four, season ten next year. Uh, right off the bat, we're going to be playing games. Oh shit! Um, yeah. Oh, so, so I need to pick you a game. No, let's, yeah, you do. No, let's do a what? fortune cookie. Fortune cookie. Fortune cookie. Oh, shit! How do I do this again? Uh, we have to log in. Uh, oh, my backlog fortune cookie. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Mugsters is what I'm going to be playing. We got one for oh. you. Oh, it's uh, it kept bringing up games that I've already played like a ton of, and that was because I had unfinished checked instead of just unplayed. Ah. Uh. Okay, Hollow Knight. Okay. Uh, and then for our mutual mobile game, we will be playing Magic Survival. Magic Survival? Yep, I did that wrong. There we go. Yep, Magic Survival. So we will see you in January for Magic Survival. It's a vampire survival clone. Ah! So yeah. Bye. We will see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Christmas. Ho, ho, Happy ho. Happy Quanta. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Festivus. Did I miss any? I don't think so. Bye. Bye.